It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hey, After 9 listeners, my name is Zach Workin, and this is my good buddy, Chad Higgins. And we're here today with one of our favorite youth ministry friends and fellow podcaster, Jody Livingston. Say hi, Jody. Woo! Hey, guys. Oh, he didn't do the hey, hey, everybody. Oh, hey, hey, everybody. Yeah, I always, always like that. He, he, he walks us in with the hey, hey, everybody. It's great. Now, this is our good friend, Jody Livingston, the host of the Longer Hall podcast in youth ministry, a fantastic podcast, and we love what Jody's about and his work. And so we brought him on the show today to ask him some questions. Uh, Chad's going to grill him. We got him here. Uh, his, his, his face is floating in front of us on this Skype call, and we're going to ask him about some of the toughest questions in youth ministry uh, in this most difficult season of summer. Maybe Maybe you're feeling it. We know that we're feeling it. Uh, Jody, are you feeling it? Are you feeling it? Yeah, man. It's May, right? So we're tired. It's we're, we're pre-tired before the real tired comes. It's like the storm before the storm. Uh, Jody, before we dive into the questions of summer, the songs and the questions of summer, would you tell our friends and listeners a little bit about the uh, Longer Haul podcast, what got you into it, and kind of your role and place of service in youth ministry? Yeah, so I've been a youth pastor for a while. I started... Uh, actually at 18, which I would not recommend, and uh, just kind of volunteering as a youth pastor, real small church, kind of making things up as you went, and then uh, survived that for a while, was bivocational for a good bit of my ministry before transitioning to full-time role, and uh, just kind of through that process, looking around and watching a lot of guys kind of fade, come and stay put for a little while. Generally, it seemed like two or three years, and then kind of bounce out, and uh just wanted to encourage some longevity. Felt like there was real a real need for that. Nobody was really having that conversation and talking to guys who would say, oh, yeah, I've been in youth ministry for 10 years. I mean, you find really it's just kind of two and a half over and over and over again. And I just felt like it wasn't rocket science. It's youth ministry here. So I wanted to encourage, uh, encourage youth pastors and youth workers to stay put where they are and to really build and create a ministry that they love and they don't want to they don't want to leave, not just kind of survive it. I think a lot of times we feel like we're surviving, but like really helping them thrive in it and love and enjoy what they do. And so the the blog kind of started really more out of just me kind of just sharing thoughts. I didn't really expect anybody to read that or agree with anything I was saying. And uh, man, it, it people found it, which was pretty cool. And then uh, after probably a year or so into the blog, just felt like, podcasting was kind of the next step as far as being able to communicate more. You can only say so much in, you know, five or 600 words. And so the podcast really allowed me to do that and bring a lot of other folks into the conversation. I certainly don't have it all figured out or know it all. And so some, uh, some guests that are a lot smarter than me can come on and share uh, and do that. And it's great. And I've been able to, to meet a lot of cool people and learn a whole lot myself uh, along the way, including you guys. And um, yeah, that brings us to here today. Very cool, man. Well, we're, we're so excited to have you on. I know when Zach and I first started uh, this podcast and, and I was like, 
like the student ministry podcast. What does that look like? like, like listen to Jody. Go listen to Jody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, and he, you were the you were the podcast that Zach pointed me to, and he was like, "Okay, go listen to this. This is this is kind of the the standard. This is kind of what it looks like." And so, man, I know that I've enjoyed it, and and I think what's great too, Jody, is a lot of the what you talk about is kind of the heart of why we started after nine. We have friends like like yourself probably that have kind of checked out of ministry, and, and so that's been something that we. Um, we want to help and be a support too for uh, for ministers and their longevity as well. And so I think we're very like like minded and like hearted in, in that way. So we're we're super super excited to have you on. Yeah, and I just want to say too, like I, I understand and get that there are legitimate reasons to leave a position. Like I'm not going to be so naive as to say never leave, or that there's not a lot of hurt or a lot of damage done along the way. I think there certainly is, but I do think that there are a lot of things that we can do practically on our end to, to, I think sometimes we sabotage ourselves without meaning to, and we just don't know, we just don't know any better. And so that was kind of really the heart behind that is, man, even, even youth pastors and youth workers who are hurting, um, you know, let's, let's help them kind of navigate some of that. And I think that's what you guys do so well. Cool. Thanks, brother. So one of the things we've been talking over the last couple of weeks um, is leading into summer and we're all gearing up for summer and camp is upon us and all those kind of things. And so we wanted to kind of give the the camp conversation or the summer conversation a little bit of twist today and talk through um, just for our own spiritual, mental, physical health, maybe even um, what does it look like to wade through summer or get through summer in a way that that's healthy for us and our students and our parents and our church that really maximizes what summer is about. I mean, I I think that's what we would all agree that summer is a kind of season that there is a lot of ministry that either is done or could be done. And sometimes we almost feel swallowed up by our programming, but I think it's also one of those kind of make or break seasons in that maybe it refuels your ministry. I know for a lot of friends, like that's the season that you feel like you get a second wind. You feel like, you know, things really connect or click because the students that were kind of in and out during the school year, are really connected then. This is like maybe the moment for like mission trips where students are like seeing new places of the world and getting new perspective on how big, you know, this earth is and how different peoples and cultures are. Uh, Maybe this is the camp moment where kids are like kind of growing in discipleship. And so we wanted your wisdom, Jody, of just, you know, this is a season ahead of us that we feel like has meaning or is at least ripe for meaning, but how how do we make the most of it um, so that we don't just throw ourselves into one summer and then this fall just be like, we're done. That's it. Uncle, we quit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I think there's a few things too, and I'll approach this kind of in a couple different ways, Um, you know, and you guys can interject and tell me if if, if this is kind of where you're aiming at. I, I think, you know, part of the problem is that we're we're really guilty a lot of sitting here in May going, oh gosh, summer is in like three weeks or, you know, four weeks. What are we going to do? And so you kind of go into two modes. You almost go into like survive summer so we can get back to the normal school year, which is, you know, kind of a dangerous thing. And again, we end up wasting a lot of time. The other thing is summer ends up being really thrown together uh, because we've been trying so hard to survive the school year. And so, and that's where, again, we kind of run into this, the danger of just surviving youth ministry, that it, the grind of it. And that, I mean, it's hard, man. It, if, if that's the, where you're doing ministry from, from a day to day, that is a very hard place to be. Um, and so I think ideally, uh, you know, you would plan for the summer well before summer arrives. That doesn't mean if you're listening right now and you go, gosh, I haven't really had, I don't have any plan. You know, I'm screwed, man. Nothing's going to, summer's going to be a total disaster. 
No, that doesn't mean it can't be helpful. It just means you need to take good right. notes this summer so you can improve on next. And I think that's something that that longevity provides you specifically in one spot that that is often overlooked. You know, everything that you're doing, you should be evaluating as you go. So for me, practically, I'll just tell you what that looks like. I've got, uh, I'm a huge fan of Evernote. Like if folks listen or read, like I love Evernote. And so for me, uh, I just use an Evernote folder and every event, I, I just make notes along the way. And one of those, everything that goes into that event goes into that folder so I can stay pretty organized and on top of everything it syncs across all my, all my you know, devices, different things. But then one of the things I'll do is I will make notes specifically. I'll have a note in there um, called next year. And I will go through and evaluate as like, hey, next year we need to do this differently or next year we'll do this better. And I can do that in the moment throughout the event, which really helps me. So when I sit down to plan for the next summer, I go, oh, yeah, I remember we, we wanted to do this differently because it didn't work so well. Because inevitably you don't do that normally, and then you end up in the next year and you're going, oh, crap. I remember last we year we said we weren't going to do what this. What we said we weren't going to do, right? right. You're like, and so I think – yeah, I remember we summer something we wanted to change. I just can't remember what it is. So, I think as you go throughout the summer, be mindful to to of those things so that when next summer comes, you know you're not necessarily playing playing from behind. So, I, I think there's that element of it. I think too for me, summer is always a big time to prep for the fall, and I think that's another place where we often go wrong. Is we we don't really take the time in the summer, and part of that's because we're running so crazy busy, which is another thing we'll get to here, but we don't really take time in the summer to plan for the fall. So just like we're sitting here in May right now, exhausted from the school year, or at least I am, I'll speak for me, um, we, we go from exhausted right into summer, which is nonstop, and then we come out of summer even more exhausted into a, a brand new school year with no plan or little plan, Right. Um, and so taking the summer really to, to be able to plan through that and what that looks like sure. is really, really important. And it doesn't take a lot. It right, doesn't right. take a lot you, to you, do you that. Gotta it just takes plan to some plan, intentionality to sit sense. aside and do that. Okay. So as, as before we dive in deep into summer planning yeah. and preparation and all those kind of good stuff, Jody, tell me your years of student ministry. What is one of your all-time favorite like summer stories and student ministry. Can you think of one? Yeah, so, I, I mean, the, you, we can talk about funny things that should get us fired, or we can talk about, like, serious, impactful things. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with serious, impactful, and we'll be spiritual because, yeah, I'll, I'll go, yeah, I'll go spiritual. Um, I think, you know, for us, we do summer missions. I know a lot of people do that over spring break, too, but we, we do that over summer, and... Um, one of the things that we do in that, just as a side note, is uh, my role oversees all of our student ministries at our church. So uh, I've got some support staff and a, a huge team of volunteers that help with that. So it's not like I'm running too crazy, but we stack our trips. So our middle school mission trip and our high school mission trip and even our college ministry trip are the same week. They all happen the same week. And we do that for a number of reasons. We do that primarily because it gives me back some of the summer. So I'm not running uh, like too crazy. It also gives the families and our parents back some of their summer. If they've got a middle school kid and a high school kid, then we're doing camp and then two weeks of missions, two other weeks. Boy, that eats up summer fast. And so we, uh, we, we stack those. We really push our high school kids to get out of the country 
And, um, and so for the last several years, we have taken our high school students down to Central America. And one of the things that we were able to do was really, um, we were able to really place them inside the culture through, we we had developed some long-term relationships with a partnership there with the church. So we were working with the same church every year. And so we were able to put our, our students in host homes rather than kind of your typical hotel thing. Which again, listen, I know it's crazy, would not work in every context. I'm not telling you to go pitch this to your pastor. Hey, let's take our kids to Central America and stick them in homes with people we don't know. That wasn't the that wasn't necessarily the context here. Is that yeah, that's how exactly you pitched how it? I pitched it? Uh, okay. No, actually, what we thought was happening. We, we all have a default youth pastor voice, and we've just heard your Jody's default youth pastor that's right. likes to hear. That's I love right. it, man. I, I, that's right. I'm, I'm saving so, it. I love uh, it. Okay, so, uh, well, this will be impactful and should have gotten me fired. How about that? I'll tie them all together. So what happened What ha- happened it's was we, were, we, were, we knew that they were going to be in host homes. Uh, we'd gone down ahead of time, and we, we knew they were going to be in host homes. We thought they were going to be grouped in host homes. And we found out the first night we were there that they were by themselves in host homes. Um, Yeah, that is not good, ideally. I would never necessarily recommend that. However, uh, man, in this case, it was amazing because what happened is over the course of that week, uh, these students were just doing life with these families. I mean, if they had to go to a birthday party that week and we were done with ministry for the day, they went to the birthday party. If they had to go to the market, they went to the market. And so what was terrifying at the beginning of the week for all of us, by the end of the week, you know, was, man, tears and gnashing of teeth trying to pull them away from these families to get, it, get them into that. And what it did for us that was so amazing is it really uh, it cemented them and their love for the people there. Right. Um, and everybody was on the same trip. But we all came back with very unique and different experiences, That's which, cool. which was amazing. And so we 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 did that for about five or six years. Um, there we would put these, and we would take siblings down. And that was the cool thing is after a while, again the benefits of longevity kind of paying forward here. Same trip, uh, so same families. Now we've got younger siblings going, and they're wanting to stay with the host families, right. and the host families are wanting them to stay with you know who their older siblings had been with. Right. And, you know, so the, there there becomes it, at that point it grows beyond the student. Now all of a sudden it's the families. Right. There's a connection between this family here in the U.S. and this family in Central America that will be forever tied together uh, because of you know just craziness. I really believe the Lord was in that. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, and I didn't get fired, which is definitely That's always in a that. plus, right? I mean, it's a- um, but you know, I think those types of things. And and it's not even really for us in this moment. It was about the host home. I think the big thing is getting students out of their comfort zone, pushing them beyond where they would normally go, and then challenging them to step up and rise to the occasion. And and just putting our, our people in a place where if God doesn't show up, nothing's right. going to happen. Um, and so for us, man, that, that was cool. huge. So so you you do um, mission trip stuff over the summer. What else does a typical summer for you look like? Okay, so it's changed. When I first came on staff here, uh, the precedent had always been weekly activities, uh, and and uh, that was awful. <laughs> when you uh, say, I was when uh, you say in addition to in addition to your like like hey, we're going to Six Flags this week, and next week we're going to you know the water park, and then next week we're going bowling, and next I mean we're talking in addition to your normal programming. 
So it was awful. Now, it was awful on the parents. Right. I don't care what they said because it's one more thing you got to drag a kid to. It was expensive. And so we were nickel and diming these parents together to death. And then they right. couldn't afford like the bigger trips that we really wanted them to go on. So uh, now we've changed that quite a bit. And we will do kind of monthly stuff throughout the year anyway. But for me, so we'll finish school here uh, in a couple of weeks. And then uh, we will we'll run VBS. So we have the, our little guys, VBS in the mornings. We run students at night. So our students will come in the morning and help volunteer. And then we run a separate student VBS in the evenings. Um, and then, which is pretty low-key and easy for us. And then the following week is our camp. So we do camp right off the front of the summer before everybody gets away and going on vacation. Then we'll have a week of nothing, and then we will have a week where we run a sports camp. The student ministry runs a sports camp for kids in the community. It's kind of a mission thing. Then we have a week Very off, cool. and then we do our mission trips. And then I'll have, you know, three or four weeks, hopefully, until school starts back. But a few years ago, it was, it was literally every other week. And that sounds great because you're like, oh, good, you got a week to kind of chill. But you don't because you come back and you have to gear up for the next. So for me, I stack a lot off the front end so that I have some time towards the back now, end. Now, when you're doing the mission trip, Joey, the thing that year. I thought was really interesting was that you're kind of having those all happen at once. So are you pulled in a particular direction for like – High school, middle school. I mean, like, so you can't be three places at once. So who are you going with? Who are you? You said some support staff right. and, a, you know, an army of volunteers earlier. But who are you having kind of oversee um, the course duration and nature of those trips? Okay, so for us right now, this summer's a little bit different. Our plan was this summer to uh, add some additional trips for our high school in particular. We were going to add some additional overseas trips. Uh, our our plan from the beginning was to have students going to multiple places and experiencing multiple countries and cultures before they graduate. Um, we we don't want to build a, a love for one country in in a student. We want to build a love for the nations. And so the the, the plan for us was to do that. Um, some things kind of went crazy in Central America in general, like this particular in in the country we go to, and uh, it's kind of gotten a little dangerous there. So instead, we lumped everybody back to the other side. So it's a new place. So the plan always for was for me to go to our new trip with our high school students and a volunteer leader was going to lead the Central America trip who had been for the last few years. And so uh, the way that worked is from the outset, I pulled the volunteer in and said, listen, here's the goal that in three years you're leading this trip and I'm leading the next with the goal that within three years a volunteer can lead that one and I can lead so, the next so it took or you I can of, bounce you know, back a three year process to get to that place. So this wasn't just like, hey, this summer it would be great if these couple of volunteers would just oversee this whole thing. Like you actually kind of built it into that Evernote file of notes and updates as you were kind of working towards goals for the next several years. Yeah, and when we're on that we're in that trip, like when when I'm there that week, when I'm meeting with pastors, when I'm meeting with folks there on the ground I, or if I'm going down for the, like a vision trip ahead of time, I'm taking that volunteer with me. I, I'm, and I'm slowly over that course of those three years passing off the leadership. So like last year, which would have been the last year with me there, I basically just attended. And and that volunteer kind of ran and made most of the decisions uh, while I attended and I paid for everything. Um, but, you know, he, he was there to kind of lead and facilitate that. But it was always a process. And I think that's that's a key thing, and I talk about that a lot. If you want to make drastic yeah. changes um, and you don't want to get fired, you've got to do that over a process. You've got to walk people through that. And that's where a lot of guys get in trouble um, is 
you come in, you see something you don't like, and you just immediately change it. And then people really were passionate about that, or you didn't realize, you didn't think through all those things. And so doing it over the course of those few years allowed me to really evaluate as we went year to year and slowly pass that off and communicate to parents, like, here's the plan, right? Here's the plan. Here's the plan. Um, and so, and build trust on the other end with the, the folks on the ground with the volunteer. So they, they knew this is, this is the guy to look at. So for this summer, uh, I'm still leading the trip. We always were. The Central America trip will not be happening. We just pushed all those kids to the new trip. Um, and the volunteer is going on our middle school trip. And I've got a little, I got a support staff member um, who's, who's head, helping head that up. And then actually our senior pastor is, uh, is leading our college trip, which I, I just, I was really, in, I, yeah. I wasn't sure if he would do that, but I approached him with it because I want our college students to be around our pastor. Um, and, and so it just worked out that he was able to do that. And, and it may not always be that way and that's okay. But the, the goal for me is, like I said, to have folks in place who lead these trips year to year. And then as me as the youth pastor, student pastor, I can just kind of choose which one I want to go to right. that given year. So I'm not, I'm not always investing in one trip. I don't think that's good for the trip. Right. That's so good. So you talked, you talked a little bit about being prepared for the summer and not just waiting until May. So tell us for you, like, when do you start to plan and what are the big questions that you're asking yourself at the very beginning? And what are you, what does that process look like from the very start? Yeah. Okay. So let me just say on, for those listening who listen to even, you know, all of us talking, we don't have all this figured out. No, okay. Like. All. What you're hearing That's why and we're seeing asking is, questions. Yeah, what you're hearing and seeing is always the best of us. Okay, so don't think for a moment that like this works perfectly. Um, generally speaking, I try to be six months out in planning. So we are already well into the fall for us in planning and looking at and strategizing for the fall at this point. Summer's been set since October, November for us, and and so we're just kind of. It's not that you're not still working through those details. All of that is is also kind of calendared out a bit, those deadlines and those things. Um, and then by the time summer gets here, though, the big things are planned. Deadlines are already passed. Deposits are in. Forms are, you know, kind of working through and getting those filled out so that we're not I, – I, my biggest pet peeve is showing up the day of a trip and having to collect forms and money. Like if, if there is no way you can convince me that that is even safe, let alone – uh, that that puts forth confidence in the parents that are dropping their kids off. And, and so we try to collect all that uh, as early as we can. Also, too, putting your deposit deadlines out further gives parents longer to pay for those more expensive events. And so I think a lot of times, and, and it's a culture, okay? You're always, with, when you talk about longevity, you're always building a culture and not a ministry. And so you may not be able to do, say, hey, it's November, we're taking camp deposits, okay? Camp deposits close in April. And, and some of you may say, listening, go, gosh, man, if I did camp deposits in November, what about the student who comes in like May and wants to jump into camp? Okay. Well, then you just anticipate that. And over time, you kind of, like I know right now, uh, this far into where we are, I know about how many students are sure. going to come late and want to sign up. And so I just leave those spots available. I just don't drop those spots. But I'd say six months out for us is really where we really try to start bearing down and planning through a lot of things. But again, like I'll sit down at the end of the summer in August and we'll go back and look and evaluate this, how the summer went and what do we want to try to change. 
Um, and so I do that with a few different people. I'll do that with uh, my pastor. I'll, I'll go sit down with him and, and talk through the summer with him. I'll sit down with our volunteers. I have a parent leadership team I'll sit down with and uh, and get their feedback. And then we make notes for the following year. And so we'll really start, especially with the mission trips. We're usually a year out on those. As far as we'll pick the dates this summer for next summer's trip while we're there. Very good. So the dates at least are set. Um, but I, I think the further out you can get, the the better off you are. Uh, it, it just it takes the stress off in the moment because the last thing you want to be doing is running around crazy trying to get this thing together so you can leave tomorrow. Right. Because something's going to go wrong. I mean, something's going to go wrong. So the more things that you can have planned, the less that you have that can go wrong. Yeah. So what else? What What's some other advice that you would give some of our listeners as far as just longevity in their ministry and um, their, what that summer looks like for them? So here, let me give you a few things that I make sure I do every every summer, okay? Um, first of all, and and depending on your context of of ministry, you may be full-time uh, or part-time vocational. You may have an office, or you could be like me, and my first office was literally a closet that was shoved in the basement of the church with no computer and no phone and no internet access, and so, they expect Jody, you that's to not work. Even office at all, but that is that is a closet. I mean, there, there was yeah. Well, no, they put oh. a desk in it. Was and it a, a book desk case. or was it a storage shelf with a chair? <laughs> like they called it, it a desk. It they called it a desk. It's Jody. I think you're and, just talking about a closet imprisonment. <laughs> it was my office, man. It had my did name you, on the door. You, had my name on the door. It was an office. poster on the door. I couldn't put posters on the door, door man. It was like a narrow <laughs> door. It wasn't a full-size door. It wasn't a full-size door. <laughs> but, you know, I was expected to work like 10 hours a week down in this dungeon. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get any cell phone reception. Uh, and there was no phone down there, no computer. Or I did have a computer, but no internet. Jody, I think you and, were just uh, being held hostage it was, it was somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds awful. And... uh it, it was. Jody, it was all called him. But you know, what like we're doing was the wrong. point is this. Okay, <laughs> like, there should be a, yeah, there should be a yeah, UN investigation. The, the, the... <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. But you know what? I've talked to youth pastors who have crazier stories oh. than that about where their offices are. Uh, th- but the point is the same. Like, if you have an office, get out of it. Okay, don't sit in your office all summer. Uh, you got your students are out. Your you know your your leaders are still working and and doing life most likely like they always do, but you have a lot more flexibility in the summer to get out and do things and spend some time and really relate uh, more, you know, and invest relationally into families and into parents um, along the way. And so I'm not saying abandon your office or your closet, um, but I am saying like, Man, don't be a hermit. Don't be a summer hermit. Get out and be intentional with that. And it may just be, look, I'll say this too. If you're a volunteer, because I, I, man, I was a volunteer for a long time. Uh, you know, I was working four jobs and doing youth ministry, even as a bivocational youth pastor. You've got to maximize the time. It doesn't mean, I mean, if you're sitting here listening, you go, well, gosh, it's easy for you to say you're full-time. You don't know what it's like to work a full-time job. No, I do, actually. I worked I worked a full-time job, three part-time jobs, and was doing youth ministry. And here's how you do that. You invite them along with you. So if you're mowing the yard, if you're doing uh, work on your car, if you're painting a fence, if you've got to run an errand, then you take students with you. Right. And the bonus is, like, you get free help. It's like free labor. 
And you have this amazing opportunity to have this conversation with the student that they will remember forever. And they won't even realize that you're just using them for their extra hands. But say, so you start a lawn care business with volunteer students and pay them in snow cones? Done. It's a mission project. I love it. It's a mission project. <laughs> it's NHS service hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, because you don't, you know, if you're working a ton trying to balance, like if you're working nights to make, to make ends meet, your job is, you know, you're working nights and then you wake up in the morning and then you got to go all day. Uh, yeah. When are you going to do that? Like you can't, sometimes the, the option is not add more. Sometimes it's just bring them along to what you're already doing. It could be Sunday lunch. It could be dinner. It could be, I mean, really anything that you're doing, your day-to-day stuff is an opportunity to invest in students. And even if you're full-time, you should still be doing that. Like, don't add more to your calendar just because you can. That's crazy. You'll, you're already tired and burned out. Just just invite them along. But you got to get out of your office and you got to go hang out and do stuff. They don't have the curfews, you know, maybe to get home. They can stay out a little bit later after church on your midweek thing or on a, you know, an evening or, or go grab ice cream with everybody. It doesn't even have to be super planned in that sense. It could be just really impromptu, like, hey, we're all going to meet for frozen yogurt. Uh, but you got to get out of your office. So that's a big one. That's a big one I think I think we don't do enough of in the summer, ironically. Yeah. It, making um, disciples as you go, right? Yeah, that's it. Seems kind and it's easy, man. And it's easy. It's easy. And they appreciate and that. They and appreciate it's fun, that. too, right? Like, the, I mean, I think for a lot of us that, that are in ministry, to be very honest, a lot of the stories I've heard have probably had guys like that or, or ladies like that through their life that have invested in them in that way, right? Like, they've got to see um, the body of Christ become alive, right, in, in, in their mentors, or and, and, and they get to see it, man. I think that that's healthy, and I think that it creates... Um, adults that no matter where they're at, right, whether they're called to ministry or they're businessman or plumber or whatever, that later in their life, they're rallying people around them to do life with them, right, as as they go and mowing their lawn, right, they're investing in students, and I think it's huge. My, my dad still talks about, so my, my dad, who's the father of me, still talks about his Sunday school, they would have called it Sunday school teacher then, not small group leader, um, because of two things. One, he would always either bring them donuts or take them, like, so stow them away to the donut shop to, like, eat donuts, and then every summer he'd take them water skiing. Canada, which is a whole different thing entirely because the water's still like almost frozen. But like still to this day, like that's what he remembers is that this is the guy that instead of just always doing the family vacation, there was always some weekend or afternoon thing where he would take them water skiing. And that's where my dad still today loves to water ski because of his youth small group leader. And that's uh, just cool. You just take the resources you have and bring people along to them. I love it. Absolutely. And be wise now. Like, there's the disclaimer. Be wise. Don't put yourself in one-on-one situations. You know, don't like if if, if you're a dude doing youth ministry, don't don't invite girls to come along with you. Like, that's stupid. Don't do that kind of stuff. Um, be be mindful and wise that it's not always the same student all the time. You know, like, but invest invest in your students. And then the second thing I would say along with that is, man, invest in your volunteers. Invest in your volunteers. And, and so you've got some flexibility. Maybe that means you're taking them to lunch. Maybe that means you're doing an activity just for the volunteers. Like this coming weekend, we're doing bowling just for our leaders uh, and their families. And so it's not really a youth event. It's, it's for our leaders and their families. And, uh, and so we, we're able right now to pull that out of the budget. But bowling's not that expensive, really. And so just planning that. I think taking time to just encourage them can be huge. One of the other things we're doing this year 
Uh, we normally do, so we do our small groups on Sunday mornings um, in, in the context of our, uh, you know, our church and our ministry, and it works extremely well for us. It's very effective, but uh, we're going to go to master teacher for the summer, and so I'm going to be teaching over the summer, so they have the summer off from teaching with the hopes that they will turn around then and use that extra time to invest back in their students. That gives them a break. The other thing that does for us is it allows us to address some issues we need to address without fussing at them for what's going wrong, but to encourage them for the following year of what we need to do better. And it, it, it'll, it'll be a little better received. But so just trying to invest in our leaders uh, along the way is huge. And summer gives you a great opportunity to do that as well. Very cool. So let's say the end of the summer is here, all right? What are some ways that you rejuvenate yourself, refocus yourself, I'm talking away from the ministry right now. I'm talking about the minister. What are some ways that you um, take time for your own? Yeah, I th- well, I think it's going to look different for everybody, right? I mean, you kind of, you have to, in over time, you, you kind of learn more about you and who you are. Like, I, I certainly have learned and figured out that I am, I'm a, I'm a recovering introvert. And so I, I do better alone or in conversation, one-on-one, you know, small group conversations. I can be up front and do that fine. But if I'm around a whole lot of people for a whole lot of time, it's exhausting. And so just in that sense, because the nature of a lot of ministry in the summer is like more numbers based, like you've got a lot of people doing a lot of activities, it can be really, really taxing and exhausting. Now for an extrovert, man, maybe that fills them up. Right. And so they're going to be, they're going to be totally different. Like they love being around people. Like there's nothing that could make their day better than just being around tons and tons and tons of people. They don't know for me. No, you know, that's awful. That sounds like you just trapped me in a arts and crafts festival. In, in a small closet with no DC talk poster? Yeah, that's right. Hey, man, they're coming back on tour, kind of, <laughs> on a cruise, right? Um, so I think you got to figure out what – I think you need to know yourself in the sense of what fills you up and what doesn't. It doesn't have anything big. I think you just need to take some time. And this is one of the things that I always really try to encourage guys to do. And, I, and this is the hardest part. I mean, this would, if my wife were on here, she would tell you, this is the part where I struggle with in general is taking time because I'm generally a pretty driven person and uh, I like to do things. I like to do them well. And so that kind of always keeps me pushing forward. And so to stop and kind of pull back a little bit um, is, is a really a tough thing for me. You know, for me, man, it's, it's camping. If I can get out and go camping for a few days, mountain biking, just, just a, a, a walk or a hike or kind of getting away by myself. It's really, really, really helpful. Getting away with my family is always good. You know, we got four kids and they're growing up quick. And so taking some time, we, I mean, they're a part of the ministry. They're there with us most of the time anyway through the summer. But just having some time for us to get away before we jump back into the school year is really, really important. And then, you know, it's not necessarily filling me up, but it does help me later. Again, just kind of that time of sitting down and really evaluating the summer a little and looking ahead, uh, it's encouraging sometimes to sit and think about what we accomplished, right? What has God done this summer in and through us? What has he started? And, and kind of looking ahead at what that, what that looks like in the coming school year. Because oftentimes, you, you know, discouragement often comes with, with, uh, with the weary, right? That the, the, t- the, more, the more tired you become, the, the more discouraged you often become. And, and so if you can stay encouraged, the, the better the better you'll be um, in that as well. And, and just try to get some rest, man, because 
You don't sleep a lot in the Absolutely. summer. Absolutely. You know, one of the most practical things that I've tried to do is, um, little as this sounds, um, when I'm coming back from camps or things like that, I'm I'm trying to find people in my church that didn't go on the the trip, or sometimes it'll be like a, a volunteer leader or somebody like that, that once we pull into town, can literally just take the vans, get them regassed, put them away, all that kind of stuff. Because I know for myself, when I'm like getting back from a long trip, one of the like the most taxing things is just, okay, everyone's left. They're all getting to go home. And then I'm like digging through the back of the bus, right. And cleaning stuff out and get them, you know, gassed up and things like that. And so I think that we've got a, we've got a plan in the same way that we plan for planning time. We have to plan for resting time as well, right. To, to get rejuvenated yeah. because as we talk about longevity and ministry, like we're important in that, right? We, um, to have healthy ministries, we have to have healthy ministers. And so it's super important on both ends. And so, um, man, we've appreciated it so much, Jody, for you being here today. Um, please tell our listeners a little bit more about your podcast, um, and, um, where they can find you and all that kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the podcast is the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast. You can, it's on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else. So you can go Search for it and find there. You can also find it at thelongerhall.com. That's the blog as well, but the podcast is found uh, there. And so you can kind of check out all that, uh, as well as um, just kind of learning more about the story behind all that and what's going on there. You can find me on the Twitter sphere. It's probably the best way to get a hold of me, which is at Jody Livingston. That's J O D Y Livingston. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall uh, as well. And then just one thing I'll throw at you guys too. Uh, I've got a little resource guide I want to give to your listeners just kind of as a bonus uh, for them, kind of talk through some of the things we've talked about here, some worksheets to kind of help them think through and plan through uh, some of the things. We, and we've talked a lot about planning, ironically enough, but just that, what the fall looks like, maybe maybe some things like that. So uh, if they'll go to thelongerhall.com slash after nine, and they can do that either way. They can do after the number nine or after N-I-N-E. It'll both take them to the same place. I'll have that there for them. No opt-in. You don't have to give me an email address. Just go there and get it just as my uh, way of trying to help encourage you uh, with the summer and, and kind of getting ready for, for what's coming. Um, hopefully that'll be a big help. And, yeah, if any, anybody has any questions or want to reach out for sure. Jody, you're such a gifter. That. I mean, you just you just you just give and give, and what a what a good guy, what a good guy. Uh, Jody, thank you for your time. Thank you for the gift of your time and your experience and your friendship. Uh, and to all of our afternoon listeners, hopefully you go check out some of Jody's stuff at Longer Hall. He's been doing this for a while, both in ministry and in podcasting. And I know that I personally um, am a benefactor, a beneficiary of all the good things that you do, Jody. So thank you for your your time today and your insight and prayers for your ministry in this summer season. And may it be wonderful and awesome and there be amazing moments of rest that you note in your Evernote. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Visit after9ministry.com to share your story.